You're listening to The Right to be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So today we have an awesome topic for you guys. Uh, we're going to focus on the Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center. You've probably mentioned or you heard me mention this before many times. ECRC, which we've come to know it as, you know, which is East, our Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center, is a wonderful organization that uh, has many programs and events. And this podcast is actually done through ECRC's umbrella. So today in our podcast, we're going to focus on the actual organization, what it stands for, how it started, what the future holds, what they're currently doing today. So I thought, you know, that the quote that I wanted for this specific episode goes well with the topic because it's actually the motto that ECRC goes by. So if you go actually on their website, ecrc.us, you'll actually come across Mark 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 15, which goes, Go into the world or go into the whole world and proclaim the good news. And I believe since the inception of ECRC, that has been the message, that has been the motto. And to help me talk a little bit more about this topic, I have the two founders of ECRC and the current director of ECRC. So if you please welcome Niran Carmo, uh, Karam Bahnam, and Patrice Buna. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We're excited. Thank you. So I've, I've known you guys for a very long time, but uh, since, you know, the beginning of ECRC, I remember when we used to meet in the basement of St. Thomas before ECRC, the building, existed on 15 and uh, Inkster. But, uh, you know, we go way back and talk all about that, but we will in the actual podcast. Are you that so, old, Sean? I'm, I'm actually 40. I just turned 40 <laughs> oh in gosh. March 29th. Thank you're, you. You're yeah. a baby. I'm still a spring chicken. <laughs> so... Uh, we were talking earlier, Karam and Iran, we were talking about the, you know, that moment that you guys had. I wanted you to sh- share that with our listeners, that moment where you were just sitting before ECRC was ever a thought. And you said to yourself, you know, aha, I, I needed something is needed. Something more is needed or something in my life needs to change. Can you share that with our guests, with our speakers? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, actually, it's um, it's this kind of this month, 20 years ago, when um uh, after a month, I think at uh, the time, uh, Father Frank was moved to St. Thomas. And um, I went to meet him and talk about what's the possibility of having something for the youth. And because my kids were kind of going, started going to middle school, high school, and there's nothing for them. And I was one of the girls that had gone through this stage of my life. And I got, you know, encouraged in my faith through uh, young teenage groups, Bible studies back home. So there was like, actually, there's nothing. And the conversation starts from there. What do you think? What should we do? And I said, I don't know. I'm not young and I'm not, my English is not the first language in my, uh, uh, you know, language. And um, I'm not, I don't familiar for the system, you know, stuff like that. We went back and forth. And I think after a few mo- few weeks, Karam came in to talk to Father Frank about, and probably Karam will go through the story. <clears throat> and a few months after that, when I <clears throat> started, Thinking about this more, and as Father Frank was encouraging, I I uh, enrolled in Ave Maria uh, College at that time to start some theology classes because I had no idea. And and when there was actually youth ministry at that time offered through Ave Maria, and I thought probably Father Frank would send some of the youth to go, you know, that graduate from high school or, or college and can go. And I said, 
I have nobody asked me, nobody is on fire for this, probably you should go. And I, when I went and I was like, well, where do I start? Where do I tell this teacher? Anyway, started like catechism with the Catholic Church in September of that year, 2001. And I fell in love with that class. And I was sitting and I listened to this teacher. His name was Kelly Bowring. And I'm listening to him. It's like, why am I listening to this guy by myself? This is like such amazing news. Why not more people listen to this guy? So after meeting with, at the time, Karam and Father Frank at that time, for a few times, few months, and this guy came to the picture, and, and I had asked, Father Frank asked me to ask him if he can come and meet with us and see, because we have something here brewing, but we need some direction. So Kelly Barring came to the picture in that year, in September, after I started college that semester, and took a few months to put the whole concept of UCRC together. And by the new year, January 2002, we had started theology classes. So that's in a nutshell, kind of like how... Listen, I, uh, I, I have to say something here. I'm so glad yeah. you asked around that question because I don't remember any of that stuff. <laughs> no, just kidding. Actually, I don't remember dates. Dates. When it comes to dates, I look at Niran always. Yeah. She helps. Don't tell me your wife dates. that you don't. Know, I don't. Years I don't. Ago. No, yeah, I, that was eight years ago. You know, it's been 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Believe it yeah. or not. But, When's your wedding anniversary? August 27th. Okay, good. After a few years. Actually, after 26 years. <laughs> so uh, for me, it was a little bit different. For me, it was uh, more like I was, you know, at that time I was uh, probably, I would say, I got married young. I got married at age 21. I remember that. And by, by age 25, I think I started asking some of the serious questions about life. And the reason behind that, I was approached by people from outside the Catholic faith. And uh, it was more like of a challenging thing, you know, do you really, are you in the right place? Do you really believe, guys, you know, you worship Mary, you have these statues, all that, that's, you know, 101 apologetic stuff, you know. So uh, at the time, I, I felt, you know, very, very uh, incapable uh, of giving the answer. So uh, even though I, on the inside, I knew that we had the truth, I just didn't know how to answer back. So uh, I started doing some research on my own and all that. And at that time, Father Frank was, you know, Niran was saying, had just moved to St. Thomas. And he was the priest I used to go see even at Mother of God for Confessions. You know, was the only young priest at the time. I'm in my early 20s. So it was a perfect match. He was still young then too, yeah? He was still, yeah, yeah. For, he's still young now, yeah. yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think that's how it started. I felt like, hey, listen, you know, this is this has happened to me. So I'm sure it's happening to a lot more people. And I th I see and I hear stories of people leaving the Catholic faith for no reason, really. I mean, all these questions we have great biblical answers for them. People just don't know where to get these answers. Mm -hmm. Can we do something to help people to prevent people from leaving the Catholic faith? And that's when he said, well, you know what? I just spoke with a lady a few weeks ago. Maybe we should put you guys together. We can think this through and come up with something. And I've that's basically, that was the, the, the... I was going to say, aren't you guys listen, friends before? No, no. Listen, when he said, there is somebody I want you to meet. His name is Karam. And I said, is he Lebanese? Yeah. He said, he said no, he's in the church. I said, what church? What church? I've never yeah. seen anybody young in the church. And he said, um, we'll meet. Like, and I, I want to bring this point. I think when Karam came with that concern, I've, I've lived here probably a little bit longer than Karam, and I'm involved in the Chaldean Church. I've never felt that need. 
I never met anybody that he was questioning and was leaving the Catholic Church, and we don't have, that was never like in my path. And so we came in such a different path, and you know, here I yeah. have this concern for like youth and my kids and family, and here's come like. And this, and I think this is divine providence. Mm-hmm. If there is any lesson that we get out of this, that God works in mysterious ways, there is a time and place for everything, like the Bible says. So mm-hmm. my concerns are completely different than Iran's concerns. Father Frank at the time has the zealousy and the desire to do something, yet didn't need, like needed the direction from the people, from the faithful as to what the need is. And then we bring in Kelly Bowering through Niran, who kind of put a structure to this whole yeah. thing. And you can tell this is really not your work. You know, you kind of put it in God's hands, and you do the best that you do, and you know. And at the end of the day, it's God's work, not yours. Yeah, and that's where the joke goes. I was telling Sean earlier, it's a priest, a businessman, and a, and a housewife all got together, and that's how we see our They walk at the church. Yeah. No, <laughs> You know, I, I, I really believe that that is true. That's God's divine providence. You know, that's what he wanted. Because during that exact time, and I'm going to age myself right now, because uh, there were no iPhones back then. And I, no. I walked into Mother of God's office, and I told um, Father Frank at the time, you know, now Bishop Francis, and I said, hey, man, we have to do this thing. It's called a retreat. I just went on it. I was in high school. He goes, you know what? I'm moving to St. Thomas Let's let's table this. And I didn't know about wow. he was talking to you guys during yeah. that time. Yeah. And and I put the he said he said, let's make a, a appointment to meet a year from now. Let me go and get wow. situated. So I pulled out my palm pilot <laughs> and I put in the date <laughs> in the palm pilot. I said, All right, meet with Father Frank. And then I remember when it rang, I was like, Hey, you remember me? Remember the remember the retreat I was talking about? He's yeah. like, Listen, we have this organization, it's called ECRC. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. This is through the church. What is it? And then that's when everything, you know, the right. rest was history. And I met you guys. Yeah. I remember you guys were on the actual, the first, first one. First retreat. Yeah, and that was yeah. a crazy one, sure. but it was good. It you was know, great. We learned. Yeah. It was great. And I think uh, so uh, not to forget the role that Father Frank's, I mean, the major role that he opened the doors. I mean, he had, um, he had the openness and he had... Um, zealousy to encourage the laity people mm-hmm. to come and sure. and, and sure. you know uh, great ideas let's do it and there was no no prof- I mean Kelly Baring was outside the, the community he was not some Chaldean guy he was like you know a uh, professor at, at Ave Maria at that time and no money stopped him from saying we cannot afford this you know to bring a professional professor to come and teach us this you know oh this. i remember his he classes really, they're amazing yeah and it, it was much needed because what we it's kind of like the model that was followed similar to jesus's model before you go out and kind of teach others you, you kind of need to learn yourself so the very first activity was this theology class that and again Yaran knows more of the details remember remembers more of the details of that dates <laughs> and myself and yeah. dates and how snowy it was and crazy how about, and all yeah, that let's talk about that snowy <laughs> So 2002, when we started the, you know, the first class. So Kelly Barring is very spiritual person. He was like teaching us. We were fasting and praying for some time before that class. And he said we we typed all the like brochures, the registration forms, and stuff. We have a couple of volunteers up in St. Thomas, and it was January 14, 2002. What did I tell you? And it was was and it was probably the first biggest snowstorm that season probably there was like seven eight nine inches that that day and i'm so like god come on he wanted, like, to, know, he wanted to know how, he wanted to know how dedicated you were to his no, Sean, the door would not stay closed the door was like opening it was a, it was blizzard, a blizzard. blizzard god i was telling you open the and doors to the people dr, dr. <laughs> yeah. Bowring, what is this this is he said just trust just on the road nobody's gonna come 
doesn't sign up. Who's gonna who crazy person's gonna come up sign up for this? I class? was one of them. <laughs> there was eighty five people <laughs> yeah. walked in that through these doors, the first class. It was like you know, it's like Miran, it was a I, I can tell you I remember sitting and I went to Catholic school all my life and you yes. know you're like, Wow, I know a lot about my about my faith, about the religion. And then I'm hearing this man talk and I'm like Wow. Wow. Yeah. He is good. He I remember good. sitting next to my friend, I'm like, Did you know this guy? He's yeah. good. Or there's so much hunger. I think all right. of us yes. had that yeah. hunger and yes. thirst for the faith and, yeah. and, and yeah. for the catechism. In. I mean, we never had the book yeah. catechism around available Correct. like to yeah. people to dig in and it was so rich and the way he presented it was it was amazing. Yeah. It was, and and, it was, I, and I think we need to say this. It's not we're not trying to put the church or clergy down back in the no. day. It's just When you're talking 20 years ago, priorities were a little different. The community size was different. Number of young priests was a lot less. A lot less. Even number of priests in general was a lot less. So things were not, I mean, things are not like the way it looks today. You know, when you look around today and you see number of priests, the churches, the youth involvement, things were a little different back then. So I think they're all used to still the, the old way of, how church was and now I think coming to America coming to America and the youth now they wanted they wanted that yearning for more because they probably see it in in like the Latin right and we didn't have it in our right so that yearning yeah, I, for I that I think there wasn't even an opportunity I don't think that the Chaldean church in America even had an English translation of the mass until the early 2000s Correct. like late yeah. 90s at the earliest which is you know barely I, any time I mean, Patrice, it's not only the I, think, I don't think even the the Latin right have anything structured to start to do some classes for the, in general, it's really, there is a hunger there. Oh, yeah. And I think this is kind of proved, kind of there is, there is a need for that and it was, it was successful to a certain point. It's like, it's good to people to start somewhere, you know, with something. And I think the catechism is a great gift to the church and it was, I think in 1994, the, you know, the catechism came about. The translation. Translation. So translation. it wasn't even available before that yeah. time. Even the sure. church wanted to teach something. It was not, nothing like to go. It wasn't organized. Organized yeah. as, you know, John Paul II brought that, you know, the, the whole thing together. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, you guys answered the question, was there a need for this in our community? And obviously, mm -hmm. it was a very strong need. I remember myself growing up, all we had was what was it called Keiko Jr. Keiko, yeah. Yeah. But it was mainly just parties. It wasn't really, there was like 10 minutes, 20 minutes in the beginning. Uh, what was his name? Was he like Father, social, Father yeah. Tom. Social his name was right. Father Tom at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And he would come out and say, it was, it was right for the youth to get yeah. more involved in the church. Yeah. And I think we need to emphasize that the need was not for the people as much as for us. Yeah. We needed to learn our faith. I mean, I'm personally, I'm the first one that learned so much in this 20-year journey through ECRC, strengthened my faith, and and it's never over, obviously. It's an, it's an ongoing journey. Yeah. But we all felt that, hey, we need to, with whatever we have, the little that we have, we need to learn more and more about it and be able to communicate that with others. Right. And, and listen... I can tell you, ECRC, you know, that's what we call it. ECRC is a wonderful organization. And now we have so many organizations within ECRC. We have eight different programs that are offered at ECRC, uh, 12 different retreats. I remember when there was none. Uh, four different uh, big events that we do throughout the year. There are different classes for marriage prep. There's Bible studies. There's divorce ministry. Um, Grief. Yeah, yeah, grief ministry. There's three podcasts. Right. Uh, one's more amazing than the other. Of course, I, you guys could agree on that one, right? Okay, Sean. Uh, and, and so okay, many, Sean. so many more, right? And the common thread throughout all these programs is one thing: is bringing people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. 
That's been the slogan from the get from the beginning, and it's going to continue to be that. Everything that we do needs to cater to that message, mm-hmm. bringing ourselves first, our families, and all others around us into this intimate relationship to really, really understand, to taste, and see how sweet. The faith is, as the Bible says, right? How unfortunate, how God, how sweet God is, the Bible says. It's just unfortunately, a lot of times we're locked up in in some understand old understandings of the faith where it becomes a burden, where going to church becomes a burden. Once you know more, you start falling in love with that who you worship without knowing God. It's very difficult creating a relationship with someone you don't know. And I, I think looking back all these years, I think one thing I can I can testify to that is celebrating all the clergy that we worked with and celebrating all the laity people, you know, young and old, yeah. women and men, professional, housewives, kids for VBS. I mean, we have kids, you know, volunteering. Right. And just looking at all this, this community that comes together to, to, to testify for this, to celebrate our good news, it's just a gift for the church. You know, like Callum said, we are... We're not competing. We're complementing. Mm-hmm. And then even like. you saw that in those those first couple of years when we were doing those high school youth groups, Chaldeans Loving Christ, CLC. CLC. We yeah. started off those first couple of years and people were coming from all the churches, coming from East, coming from West, coming, and they'd come together, serve together, learn, and then go back to their exactly. parishes and they continue to flourish in their parishes. Yes, so. amazing. I think what ECRC also did that we didn't have as strong before was unite all the churches mm-hmm. under one big church right like what church did you belong to i was part of saint joseph part of saint thomas part of no but we're all part of the chaldean church right Right. and i think of course yeah Yeah. i think ecrc helped like you said patrice unite all that because it didn't matter like oh where are you from from saint joseph i'm from you know mother of god i'm from saint Thomas. but we're all here at ecrc either Mm -hmm. serving doing what it is whatever program so tell us a little bit about the programs uh patrice that we have at ecrc everything that we do is diocesan to your point i think that's a beautiful way to start talk about it. We even most recently had a, a young adult women's study, you know, a couple young girls in their in their early 20s came and they said, you know, what what can we do? And we found this study, got them together. We just put out a flyer, did some personal invitation. We got 30 young women. I think the first night was 40 and, and they ended up with like 25 or 30 throughout Lent, came every week for six weeks. And that first week going around saying, what parish are you from? Like you said, all over the diocese they were from. So it's really beautiful to see everyone come together in that same hunger. You talk about the hunger. I don't see it waning at all i see if yeah. anything it's more right sometimes the more you get the more you want okay you went on one retreat now what's next you know you went to one bible study okay what's the next things going on so um i mean there's so many things going on i could talk for i told you like a few days so we have a few <laughs> minutes you can share with a few minutes with yeah. us patrice what i would so. i would just add to what you're saying the beauty of the activities that we have at ecrc they're not programs that few people have thought of and realized the need for it could be for some of the programs but majority of our programs come from the people yeah. faithful themselves approach and say right. hey how about if we do this and and that's that's the the that's the uh, actually the place we like ecrc to be it's more like mm-hmm. of a network for the community when it comes to spiritualities anybody has an idea anybody would like to serve come through ecrc and you'll find a place for you to be adopted to help you to work with you accomplish your goal hand in hand with our church 
Mm-hmm. So I know we have four big events that we do. Is yeah. it four throughout the year? Yeah, we, we have do? the um, the men's conference and the women's conference, which are we're both put on hold last year. So those will be in the fall. And then Awake My Soul is our big annual spiritual conference. When was the first one? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. She knows. The yes. Cut on, what was it? Uh, no clue. <laughs> Two thousand six. June eighteen. So yeah. Awake My Soul is uh, it's not only diocesan; it's actually open to all people. So when you were brought in, you know, big names like Scott Hahn or you know. Chris Stefanik, and we brought in some really big names, and we always open it up. So it's a, it's an all day event, correct? Right now it's an all day event. At one point it was a couple of days. Sure. So now it's an all day event, and starts at like four or five p.m. and goes until ends with midnight mass, and we nice. do a Eucharistic procession. Uh, so we've done it on main roads, and we've done it all over, and it's really beautiful. Brings in speakers, we do activities for English, Arabic, youth. You know, it's it's really a big, beautiful fruitful event so so if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're wondering you know why do chaldeans do things we're very theatrical people like everything we do like our weddings are like eight nine hundred people mm-hmm. so even our church events you know not anymore love, please not anymore no, no, please no. please please Two yeah, fifty. Is how many did you have a thousand at dress no okay i'm probably caught on the right <laughs> so not even close, not even close right. right i think i had like 600 and something right? yeah. but so with our faith this is since it's part of who we are and we, we talked about this in the last podcast NS and myself how you know us as Chaldean Catholics when we say we're Chaldean part of that is being Catholic and we love our faith so much that we we do these big events to praise God to show yeah. and we're very like involved in it. and it's very like you know emotional and theatrical and you're getting involved like you said we do the procession and whatnot and there's mm-hmm. events and activities for people to do to get like hands-on experience with their faith and I think even my experience with Awake My Soul is sometimes you're like oh, you know again and <clears throat> are we doing the same thing you're just bringing a speaker and then we have this it's like the same schedule but then you hear and I've even heard for testimony from our priests that we bring for confession they're like the confessions that we hear at Awake my soul are different they're wow. deeper and they're stronger and you're like really isn't it just like the church people that just come to these things and they're like no there's something about the day just being there for that evening you know dedicating five six seven hours of your evening coming being together in the church all evening and hearing and listening and just opening yourself up to the spirit i mean it moves you know, the one, yeah. The wonderful thing is, the wonderful thing is, you know, ECRC has brought so many people closer to God, and all glory yeah. to God, of course. But He totally. used the people in this room as an instrument to get to that. To, to get to that, I can tell you so many testimonials of people from the marriage prep. I've had two of them actually on the podcast that talked about, you know, they, their their marriage was always good, but the marriage prep and them now being involved as um, as volunteers in the marriage prep classes, how it strengthened their marriage and other. And I can tell you millions of stories of people on retreats. I mean, I, I can tell you priests that are current priests in our church today that were not even that faithful and came on retreats and that strengthened their faith to go and now become priests or change their lives. I'm one of those. I'm not a priest, obviously, yeah. right. right? That'd be weird if I'm married, you know, but, uh, but I can tell you the, the, the retreat changed my life. You know what I mean? And then every year doing all those other ones throughout the years, every time we'd go on one, even as um, leaders, the, the leaders, yeah. it would do something different to Correct. me. Correct. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Leading anything, even when I was involved with CLC, the high school group, I'd go every weekend. I felt like I was being fed in, in when you're feeding. So. Sure. So, yeah. you know, there's a, there's this uh, saying by a famous saint, St. Francis de Sales. He says, we learn in three ways. We learn when we hear, we read, but we learn most importantly when we teach. Yeah. 
So for us, you know, as you know, who are involved in the ministry, right. people think, you know, well, you know, you're kind of doing the work. You're really benefiting oh, out of 100%. more than everybody else yeah. because you're really in need of it in order to grow. There is no point in this journey where you yeah. say, you know what? No, I've reached it. I got it. It's all done. It's all taken. There is no such a thing. Yeah. If no you think you know everything, you know nothing. You know, yeah, you don't. Know and I think the know. more you are involved, like you talked about the leaders and all different activities we have, we have hundreds of them, not probably thousand now, by now. I think it's it's it'll probably will bring ourselves to be more um, questioning. How do you live this faith everyday life? It's like you don't. You're not. You're not a good leader, and you don't live good life. So you want to bring really this awareness of leaders and all of the people that are involved. The more you are involved, the more you are really put on, you know, questioning yeah. yourself to see if you are really following what Jesus is. What are sure. you teaching? Mm-hmm. What are you uh, counseling? What are you, you know, helping others, you know, spiritually? So this is a challenge. Sometimes you talk, you know, a little bit of uh, kind of there's too much pride of this, you know, we are this, like all faithful. And sometimes... I think we should be more practical to say there's so much more needs mm-hmm. to be more faithful as Chaldean. Yeah. Because sometimes we are, we're talking about the 10, 20%, but there's our evangelization <coughs> should be reach so many people that they are far and not because we are perfect, but we are, like Karam said, we tasted that good, yeah. in a sweet, the, lo- the Lord is, and we want Mm-hmm. you know invite the same things yeah. yeah i think there's a couple of things that's a common to yeah touch common on theme i think the point out you made of um like our faith is a journey right and it's always going to yes. have the highs and lows so you might yes. have at some point been this this leader that was really involved in all these things and then yeah. you no longer serve or and what's hand in hand you have i've talked about this is different seasons of your life so mm-hmm. many volunteers used to be if you're very involved in youth group then all of a sudden you get married then you have young kids yeah. or all the way around. You had young kids. Now your kids are grown. You yeah. know, when there's different seasons, God will call you to serve in different ways. And, you know, you know? Patrice, this is a great point to say, because I think, and again, like Niran said, I don't want to, I'm not in a, I'm not trying to defend why there is such an organization as ECRC. Yeah. But I think what you just stated right now is the truth and reality that life circumstances do change. Mm-hmm and people come and go. The difference between having an organization where it's structured is continuity. So today you have these 20 programs, you know, 20 people running it, well, their life circumstances would change. 20 other people will come in and run this program again. Program will not go away versus having a one program at a particular parish. And if something happens, that volunteer or that priest moves, a lot of times you jeopardize the continuity of the program. So a lot of times people ask, why do we need to have like a body like ECRC for activities? Why not have all the activities at the churches? Which is great. You should have activities at and the churches. Are, it's happening. It's now happening. Now, but yeah, I think what, what an organization like ECRC brings to the table structure, continuity yeah. and structure. So mm-hmm. it's not an individual. It's basically the group that's running this. And if I leave, somebody else is going to take it's my It's an place arm of the church. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know another beautiful thing about this, and you mentioned this, you know, different stages of your life. So did you, Patrice? Mm-hmm. So, what's beautiful about that is, so like for example, you two, you know, Karam and Iran, you guys, you were the founders of ECRC, and now your family's involved in ECRC. Myself, I remember when ECRC first started, and now when my children come of age, then the mine are still really young, but they're gonna come and do activities at ECRC. So you have things for the youth. 
you have things children. for adults, for children. Children. for adults. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have things for single, for married, you know, for divorce. It doesn't matter what stage of your life. ECRC has a program, an event, something to encourage you to become closer to your faith. Bible studies. We have them in English. We have them in Arabic. I've I've heard yours in Arabic before, Carol. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and and it's kind of like we don't want to turn this podcast into advertisement for ECRC yeah. here. ECRC is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what we I think, that's, Sean yeah, yeah. What I think what's nice about ECRC is it is like the place to go. Like before, when you guys went to Father Frank at the time, you know, and you were like, "What is there?" He was like, "I don't know." You know, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. now we can say, "Hey." Jump on the website, look and see if there's something for you. Or I had somebody, one time I put out a survey, like we tomorrow night starts our first session of, our sixth session of divorce ministry. That came from a survey. I put out a survey, hey, are any programs anybody wants to see? Someone said divorce ministry and I called her and set up a meeting and she was divorced and she'd been through a program and she wanted to bring it to our church. Like Adam said, people come to us with a need and we're there and we have the capacity to help fill the need. Listen, it's not just that. And I can speak to you from being on the outside because I'm not part. I mean, I do volunteer at ECRC, but I'm not part of the organization like the way you guys are. But there was a time when I knew the code. I know the alarm code yeah. to get into ERC. It hasn't changed. It hasn't, oh, <laughs> the whole, the, the whole community that. knows the number the code. is three, two. No. So I remember. <laughs> listen. Yeah. So I remember. I remember there are many nights before, I, you know, when I was single and if I had nothing to do and I wanted to be with God and I wanted to be alone. And I remember there were no grottos back then. Yeah. No, yes. there weren't. Yes. There weren't. Yeah. So you know what I would do? I would go to ECRC, do the alarm, and I'd sit in, I'd sit in the chapel yeah. for hours. I think before you COVID, I mean? there was, I think, five nights a week, there was yeah. somebody at ECRC in the evening doing yeah. some work for mm-hmm. something. Something. Their retreat or the following up. And it's or, coming yeah. back. It's coming it's back. Coming back. back. It was last week, someone had messaged me, hey, can we have a meeting there? And I said, nope, we're booked. And I was like upset because yeah. I like them to be there. But I was like, yeah, it was a good, it was a good problem it's, they have. We had it's a rooms. place. It's a yeah. place for us to congregate as a community, mm-hmm. as a faith. You know, I remember when we used to do all those uh, those Kairos meetings, there was another group waiting to do yeah. their meeting. Correct. We were like, we would talk with them. We'd meet, yeah. we'd joke, oh, we'd yeah. laugh. Yeah. We'd go in the kitchen and steal food and then we would leave. It was, no it stealing, was good it's time. all yours. Fine, sure, it was all donated, right? Yeah. Those are wonderful times. Come back and steal more. I will. And most of that food probably expired just oh, yeah. oh no half of it was why is this pop so flat don't worry about it don't be it. just drink it man drink it. Drink it. it's in god's house it's safe so if i wanted to learn more about ecrc if, if we have a listener listening right now and says what is this ecrc organization how do i learn more about ecrc i think our website we're pretty good about keeping it updated because on there there you can look under programs you can look under retreats like you said there's so many retreats and they're offered we have two or three booked for the summer already so and that is yeah. ecrc.us US. So if you're looking for that and then facebook. do we ha- facebook we're right we have a facebook we're on page instagram yeah. um we have Twitter and Snap. Okay. And if you actually want to come to the physical building, we also have a physical building as well. We correct? do. So on right on the corner, like you said, Maple and Inkster, we have our building. And um, we were talking about the simple ways that people are converted. Mm-hmm. We have a daily mass Monday through Thursday at 8.30 a.m. The Friday mass is at St. Thomas. And I've had so many people over the years. And we started off as just a Lenten thing. Hey, get a couple of priests, come fill. And it's been going strong now for at least seven years, I think. Sure. Since. Yeah. And there are some gentlemen, one, the other day, someone stayed after he's like, I'm reading this book and he keeps talking about this CCC. He's like, what's that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I gave him one and he's wow. he's been coming to daily yeah. mass and then someone gave him a book and they were in there, no and like, way. look how deep he's going in his faith. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so the daily mass is really transformative too. You know what I love about the daily mass? There's always a different priest from a different church. So it's not like you're getting one priest from yeah. one church. Correct, correct. You're getting, like I said, ECRC is from for all, all Chaldean. We had Father Simon from California there, yeah. right? The other day, I'm like, hey, 
hey, I know this guy. Yeah, he came in. Yeah, it was, and it's wonderful to hear sure. that that different side from each He came all the way from California priest. just to do Mass City Series. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. do you guys feel that ECRC is making the impact that you guys when you went? So, cut up and you're not when you first, or even you, Patrice, when you first started ECRC and you had that thought, did you ever imagine, or is it doing what you wanted it to do? I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing. Come on. Okay. Father, Go ahead. Because he was thinking he paused. No, no. So tell ahead. him. Yeah, when you ask Bowering, do you think it last five years? He said, I don't know. I'm not sure. So I was like, <laughs> five years was too much. Probably we're hoping like two years just to have the, you know, the, the classes. And that was in 2002, right? It's been classes. 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The That's classes. amazing. Yeah. No, no. No idea. The, no idea. The work is never done. I don't know what yeah, I think I think I would definitely agree with both uh, views here, um, and and I think that's the healthy approach. Yeah. The healthy approach here is not to say, you know, I, I got it figured out in year in ten years from now it's going to do this, in fifteen years going to do that, by twenty we're going to accomplish it. Then you know you're planning things, and you know they say if you want to make God laugh, talk about the future. So it's never yeah. this Tell way. Tell them your plan, yeah, right? Tell them your plan. So it's. Uh, what you need to do, you need to kind of rely on God and take it one day at a time. You know, go on your knees. You know, there's a famous saying that they say, if you want to do theology the right way, do it on your knees. Yes, yes. So you kind of need to run this organization on your knees. And prayers open up to the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, every year there are challenges. Every day there are challenges. But you know what we do? We do the best that we can. As long as we're not... Oh, it's crazy. We're, I had lunch with someone today and we're talking about some of the work of ECRC. As long as we're not attached personally to the thing where it's not mine, right? It's, at the end of the day, I'm an instrument, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and I'm doing the best that I can and I kind of put it in God's hands. If that first day of theology, 10 people showed up, we should have been happy. 80 people showed up, beautiful, blessing from God. It's God's work. We're trying to do the best that we can. All going to serve in our certain time, certain place. Has it accomplished the goal? I would say on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Absolutely. And I, I agree. think with the Father Frank at that time and now Bishop Francis always instilled this in us. If, if for whatever reason we'd be closed in two years, we should be happy. Five years, we should be happy. Anytime. If, it, if the church feels like it doesn't need this instrument, that's it's nothing good that's coming out of it we should be happy to sit home and retire yeah. I mean, tell we him i want to sit home that, right yeah yeah <laughs> that uh the bishop used to talk about divorce for the kingdom of god because yes, of the exactly. time they were <laughs> divorcing because they were putting so much time yeah. at ecrc yeah, right. Right. so we're gonna end up being divorcing all of us so we'll start an organization <laughs> you know it's divorce funny you say that because god. if i was if i was involved as much as i was when i was single than i am now i probably would have issues like <laughs> yes. with my wife saying why are you never home because i remember yes. there were times when either it would be like a kairos meeting it would be like a clc meeting yes. it'd be like uh, the Bible study, it would be like Kelly Barring's class. Yeah. Every day, I'm like, I'm in church like four yeah. or five days a so, week. So that was our joke, the force. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure just to make no, that's no, it's actually wonderful. So, what what's in store for our listeners for our for our you know for our parishes for what for the future that ECC ECRC have? Do we have anything in the future that we can talk about? We always have stuff in the future. So right now we started this um, Be Healed retreat. And so we've done it a couple of times, but we have some coming up, a new one. We have another silent retreat. And then um, a class, Jeff Kassab will be teaching a class. Bishop Francis will come back with his Bible study. Who's Jeff Kassab so, again? Jeff Kassab. He does oh. the other podcast. He does the other podcast? Yeah, he does the other podcast. I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. So we always have classes. And then in the summertime, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll bring back things. Summertime is always the best time to start things. But with COVID turning a corner, right? 
Yeah, and, and you know what we've we'll been start. doing with COVID? We've been planning. I mean, I, yeah. I recall Outdoor even, events. even March, April last year, we planned the event and we yeah. hope for the best yeah. and we pray for it. And, you know, two or three weeks before the event takes place, yeah. we kind of assess things. If it's not working, we cancel. Yeah. But we just didn't want to be in a mode of, you know what, let's just take a year off and see what's right. going to happen. You know, we're know. taking it one day at a time and making mm-hmm. the best out there of it. There was things happening on Zoom too. Yeah, we did, we did a, a lot, lot of, of You know, some of those Zoom things are very successful. One of the best was probably the couples night in. So we had decided, we had this idea was great we're going to do we had come off of this great marriage event the right couples event we're going to do this every friday night or once a month and then we get into it and uh covid hit we're like okay let's just do one on zoom and see what happens and we had like 100 couples and the next month we did it again and again and we had 75 well the first one was amazing that we did in person i remember that one well, your well, your brother yes, was the there. the comedy one. Yeah, no, no, the, the one where your brother spoke and answered. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, he answered questions for all the. Yep, yeah, that was amazing. We had planned to do that, so it worked out. And all these couples were like, "It's great! I have young kids. I can put them down, or they can. I can be nursing, or I can be yeah. leaving the room and yeah. doing stuff. No one had to get babysitters, so yeah. things actually beautiful things. Wow. And a lot of our um, this podcast is under Martoma Productions, our media branch. Martoma boomed. I mean, we did a lot of our programs. We were able to like live stream them and. So we still kept a lot of things going during COVID because so I think people still need be Jesus more than ever, mm-hmm. especially during COVID this last year. I agree. And, Amen to that. Yeah. So I think big shout too. We don't forget if you're talking about ECRC for all our donors. I mean, oh, yeah. ECRC is uh, um, rely, relying on um, donations, and we have some grant comes from the diocese. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. the diocese or the yeah. USCCB gives us yes. a good grant too, and so, and that was one thing that was I was very very humbled when we did our virtual event and we, we raise the same amount of money as we yes. do with an in-person yeah. event. I mean, our donors did not flinch. That's and this amazing. is a great, great testimony. I think a lesson for us for the future as well, that if we stay focused on the work itself, yeah. God will provide 100%. the means. True. We always, I usually ask Bishop that all the time, like, what about this and the money? And he's like, the money always comes. And it, honestly, yes. seven years I've been as director, it, it's yes. always come. Who was the lady? Um, she was a religious, uh, who did um, EWTN. What's, I'm Mother, just, Angelica. Mother Angelica. She was always telling me, like, don't yes. worry about that. They, they had, I, there was a story about her saying where they were bringing in the satellite. Yes. She's sure. like, don't worry about it. The sure, money sure. will show up. And it just I, miraculously yeah, just showed call. up. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey, I want to donate like 2 million. But it wasn't that amount, but right. you know, it was no, crazy. No, it was some kind of, yeah. yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a crazy number. Yeah. Yeah. So any last thoughts about ECRC before we close? Um, I would say, I mean, to all our listeners, I would encourage them to, besides checking us out, is maybe to take a moment to kind of reassess where they are in their spiritual journey. Because I think once we become serious about that and we kind of sit down and give God a few minutes, we realize that we're in need of Him more than what we thought. And if you do feel that way, then I would encourage you to really check us out because we can help out. We can help out. We can help you. And, you know, as we're helping yourselves, we can help others come closer, come into this intimate relationship with Christ. Beautiful. And I think I think whenever I, I sign on like a thank you for a donor or something from your ECRC family, I'm like, it always feels weird because this person is the ECRC family. So if anyone's listening from and your you served at ECRC. 20 years ago or you served mm-hmm. last week or you've never served and you just heard of us kind of in passing, you are part of the ECRC family. So we invite right. you in to sit in on a Bible study or to call me up and and chat and we can like Adam said see where you can fit in see where we can serve you where you can serve with us and serve the community so and I think uh, I'm just say I'm so grateful we are so grateful ECRC to go through so many young people I think Sean and younger than Sean they were in high school that, that time now they're married with kids and there's been still it's true. Uh, still, not young anymore 
Not young, youngish. Youngish. They are still uh, still involved in their parishes and yeah. their churches, and their heart burns to bring more uh, ministries. I'm not going to say programs. Programs. It looks like you know, um, yeah. some more like you know, practical something we should do. But it's like this ministry that's a service uh, that that comes from the gospel, that comes from the relationship with Jesus, that to give more, to to give you more time, your talent, and your and your love to others. And I'm so thankful for so many people that I've met through the journey of these 20 years. I'm really in depth for them. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome for meeting us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now I will say this, what's beautiful about ECRC is there's something for everybody, like how you mm -hmm. said. There's Excellent. there's something that you, how you can get closer to your faith, closer to your God. And how Patrice said, please visit ecrc.us, come to the building, come say hi. Well, not during COVID, but you know, if, if you are wearing a mask. Still come. Yeah, okay. if you're wearing a mask. Um, there's and, no COVID in ECRC. Right. No, there's no COVID yeah. No, it's COVID free, right? COVID free. <laughs> so I do want to thank you all for sharing your your testimonies, you know, sharing your experiences about ECRC, learning a little bit more about ECRC. Hopefully our listeners, you know, whether you're part of the Chaldean Rite or not, you go and check yeah. us out, ecrc.us. Uh, of course, that stands for Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center. So I will leave you guys with this. And Pope John Paul II, who I love very much, said this. He said, this is not the time to be ashamed of the gospel. It is the time to preach it from the rooftops. Do not be afraid to break out of the comfortable routine modes of living in order to take up the challenge of making Christ known in the modern metropolis. And when I saw this, I said to myself, this is so perfect for what we're living and dealing with today. Sure. You know, I think God uh, now more than ever is calling us all to be warriors for him. And remember, uh, Luke 9, 26 said, if you are ashamed of me in front of man, I will be ashamed of you in front of my God. So don't let yourself fall into that. Like always, I want to tell you guys, remember to go forth. And remember, you have the right to be Catholic. Thank you, everybody, and God bless. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.